I'm Jennifer Campbell. I'm Karen Corgan. And I'm Kelsey Litchfield. Welcome to the Girls Talk Ag Podcast, brought to you by the Global Ag Network. This podcast is where we plow through the manure online and discuss what's currently going on in agriculture. From the good stuff to the rough stuff, we may not always be politically correct, but we're definitely honest. Hey guys, welcome back to us girls talking about ag. It's kind of a hot mix today, which... If you know us, that's really par for the course. Hot mix or hot mess? Both. All of a mixy mess. I don't know. Whatever. We're going to cover a little bit of COVID. Dorona. That's what I've called it. Um, I'm, I know it's serious, but I'm over Dorona. And that's all I have to say. I I really am. I'm just kind of over it. And Karen's been on a little, uh, a little, I say little, I don't, that sounds derogatory. I don't mean that. Her agronomy <laughs> tour. Karen's agronomy tour. That's what we're going to start calling it. Oh, lovely. Put and, music uh, behind that. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And um, so we're going to talk Corona, agronomy. I wish they rhymed. It would be better if they rhymed, but I don't know how to make them rhyme. And um, Kind of harvest what, is, yeah, harvest is right around the corner. So I'd be and curious. what harvest and the start yeah. of harvest is going to look like. It is September. Season. Yeah. So let's. Are you uh, sure March is over? Are we sure? No. It's like March. March 76th. was. March was how many months ago? Like seriously. Four, uh, five, was, six. August, September. Six, almost six. Five. Oh it's my ridiculous. God. I mean, I. Last year. We can't even. Okay, well, we'll just start with Dorona. Your kids are back in stool, school, Karen? Stool. Yes, but I hate to talk about it because I don't want to jinx them. <laughs> yeah. Today's I, day 15, so so far so good. There's so many rumors. Um, I think we're doing okay here at Franklin. Um, the high school, like uh, 7 through 12 is doing hybrid. K through 6 goes every day. And honestly, I just send my, he's a senior, so I just send my kid to school. And if I get an email saying you need to do this, I take care of it. I'm I'm, I'm just done. Just, I'll do whatever needs done. I'd do a cartwheel naked if I had to, to get past this. And that wouldn't be pretty. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, (laughs) if that would, if that would do it, I'd. You'd do a hundred of them. (laughs) Yep. Right in my front yard, guys. I don't even care anymore. You know, the biggest thing about COVID, I'd say, like, really, it's, I'm working from home. I've been working from home. I did quit uh, my part-time job at the chamber, like, a month ago, so I've been fully working at home. Um, The only thing I'm really observing about the coronavirus right now is universities. So, being a proud U of I alum, I saw that they put out today that they've seen an uptick in cases, and they um, developed, like, a saliva-based test, and they're requiring students to test, I believe it's twice a week. And they're oh saying, my God. they're like, they're like pleading with the fraternities to stop holding parties and stuff like that. And if, I was like, if I was a college student right now, like, uh, I'd be all over the place. More yeah. alcohol, alcohol will kill it. Come on. They are requiring every student to test twice a week. Yeah. Every student, faculty, and employee. They, just they, have, have, to, they have to spit in a tube on campus. It's not. They like, have some kind of app where I guess you have to be in the clear before you enter a building, I think yeah. it is. The dean um, of the College of Aces got stuck at home a week or two ago because she they closed down testing early for some reason and she didn't get hers in. So she was denied access to campus. 
Wow. So how many in-person classes are they having then at U of I? I, I believe they're having them. They're just limited capacity. I don't know a total number. I know a family friend's going down there. I think the majority of his classes are online. It's just like a couple are in person. So Emmy Lou is a junior at Ball State and she has five classes this semester and four are online. And so just from a parent perspective, and I'm not blaming anybody because there's nothing, I, I'm not saying the universities are doing anything wrong. I'm just saying that I am paying rent on an apartment up there because she is not in university housing. I'm paying for five classes, four of which are online. Mm -hmm. I'm paying, I'm paying for that child to sit on the couch and play the Xbox. It's hard. It's very hard to justify. And I'm kind of curious what's going to happen now, maybe spring semester or... Um, well, my brother works at um, one of the colleges in California, and they've already been told that they will be online next spring also. And I'm just like, like, I don't, I, I love you, Emily, if you're listening, which she's not, so whatever, but I don't want my college kid home. I'm sorry, I'm that parent, you're out of here. Yeah. Fact, I took over their, my girls' bedroom as my office. There ain't no room for you. <laughs> but but to be paying rent on an apartment and university courses that are online is about is about to send Chris Campbell over the edge if you know Chris at all um and I'm not really blaming them but there was some thread this morning on Facebook on a Ball State parent group can can the university force students uh that don't live in university housing to move home and I'm like fuck no sorry but no mm -hmm. I, I I last from March to August I paid rent on an apartment she wasn't even living in because we were under that stay-at-home order and she was going to be up there alone so mm -hmm. no my my kid has a roommate my kid has food my kid isn't on university housing my kid is staying well, Karen and I, we are alums of 4-H House, which is a cooperative sorority on campus, and they have at least 50 girls in there, but I don't know. I have no idea how they're doing it. I assume a bubble, maybe, but, you know, that might be kind of fun now that I'm thinking about it, but then also that place, like, that also might have some cons to it, so always be in there as well, but I'm just saying you can't force people to do something because if you force them to do something, they're going to fight back even harder. And I feel like that's the problem right now is you're telling these people they can't host parties or get together. They're going to say, mm, I don't really care and keep doing it. At, at Iowa State where they set up a tent for an outdoor classroom and then they found the kids partying in it in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly the truth. Uh, and this is all kind of secondhand information, but, um, my niece's sorority up at Purdue, I guess Purdue is randomly testing and one girl in her sorority tested positive. So they quarantined the whole house and told the kids they could either quarantine there in the sorority house or they could go home. And I'm like, go home. So spread it when you go home. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know. What do you think is going to happen? They were, they're, most of the universities are going to send these kids home at Thanksgiving, and that's just going to blow it up everywhere once they go home again. Yeah, they're going to go home, but now they're not 
my understanding is the majority of universities are not going back to school after Thanksgiving. They're not, Every but they're going to take that infection back to everywhere they live across the world, and it's going to yeah. blow up again right before Christmas. But I just you find know. it interesting, like the junior or community colleges are mostly online, but the major universities are having their students come back to campus. And I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of that has to do with dollars. Mm -hmm. But um, I just find it unbelievable. I mean, the class I teach um, has always been a hybrid course, so the lectures are online, but the labs are in person. And I just adjusted by, you know, this is a crop science class. We're having a field day. I got a tent. We got tables. We set it up next to the soybean field outside. And, you know, it makes it easier, too, because when we dissect plants and flowers and all that stuff, we can just throw the stuff on the floor and not have to pick it up. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do when it gets cold? Well, see, we had, um, there's only so many lab hours, and so we had four hours set aside each week for it, but we only needed half of that, and in prior years, I've always done every other week, but right now, we're doing every week until You're we get the hours in, just to make sure that they're done before, in case the school does close. Yeah. Good for you, Karen. I mean, that, to me, you know, just as a parent paying tuition, you're, you're forward thinking. Those kids are proactive. Still you're proactive. proactive. You're, those kids are still getting those in-person hours that they need, but you've planned, you've, you, you've planned to, so to say, cram it in so that good for you. I'm really proud of you, Karen. So far, so good. Next week we're making sugar. So, and we've been outside, so I just put up the tent, but next week I need electricity so we can cook down the sugar beets that I got. So what you got go from your trip, is that correct? I did. Yeah. Is that a good segue? <laughs> there you go. Is that what well, I just want to say before we get to that part that okay. um, I think that this pandemic is hopefully going to change college education, the college education model as a whole for the better. You think? Like how? Tell me. Well, I think there's going to be more opportunity online for those who want it. So those that are working, you know, full time will still have the opportunity to take classes because those will be online and I just think that you know some of the classes are just a waste I mean I had to get my transcript in order to teach and I looked at it and I don't even know what some of those classes were hmm. you know I didn't need a literature class you know things like that I think it's just gonna you know pare down I bet you could be done in three years and that's gonna save money and I just don't I don't think some of that stuff is necessary so any Lou is in elementary education and um at this point in her education she needs to be in the classroom that that was one of her big classes this semester and next semester was was getting the opportunity to be in the classroom and that was all cut and i think our grade school is not allowing any volunteers past yeah. the office so, i mean that just i mean that's taken away what i don't get though and no one ever asked my opinion because i could solve a lot of damn problems if we're going to do this Zoom and, and this interactive classroom, I forget what they call it, but why can't those kids in elementary education, majoring in elementary education, be a part of those Zoom classes? Right, yeah. They're gonna have to learn to do it. This is a great opportunity for them to get the experience with the kids, mm -hmm. but also learn the skill. That well, and they'd also be able to observe many different teachers. They wouldn't yeah. be just the one teacher at the one school that they were assigned to. I mean, they could be, you know, like a, a second grade in like an inner city. They could do one yeah. in a rural area. I mean, they could see a lot of different techniques and people in practice. Call me Ball State. I can solve your problems. So, 
Jennifer for president. <laughs> I could solve so many problems. Well, Karen, back to your back to your thing about not about taking literature. I think it's it's different for everyone, but for me, I got to take dual credit my senior year of high school, so I got those basics out of I'm the much older than Right, you. that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of saying like I think it's changed a little bit, but I think it also depends on the institution because my first year at U of I I took a broadcast journalism class my first semester. And that's that was probably almost unheard of of taking something that's r really really pertains to your major your first semester as a freshman but it did and it was a small class too it was like 10 people so i think i think these constant changes though are good to always evaluate um someone i within the past year and this is me getting philosophical for a moment but i always always used to say don't fix what isn't broken but I think that hinders evolvement too, like always assessing yourself and seeing how you can get better and be better. So I think, I hope that's the kind of attitude that some the, these people are taking during this pandemic is just assessing themselves and seeing how they can do better with a process or with just them personally or in their careers as well. Well, and I'll make a plug for Iowa State right now. That was one reason that um, we really loved Iowa State for our oldest was, was those core classes that they require you to take like the math and the science math and english they really took those kids in ag and like the agronomy school pulled them in and those kids took math together and that english together and then it was also focused on what they were interested in they weren't thrown in with the general population of iowa state like they are at purdue which is one reason I flopped at Purdue because I was thrown in with, you know, engineering students yeah. that I was from a small town. I didn't, they took these agronomy kids and, and they took their math classes together and it was more focused on, they were learning math, but it was focused on the kind of math they needed to learn for what they wanted to do. And the English could be focused on subjects that they enjoyed and were interested in. Um, that was our big thing with Iowa State. We loved that. I had something pull up on my uh, Snapchat memories today that football season was starting. And as a member of the Big Ten, I'm very still sad. Um, I think th this morning on the news, I think they're still trying to fight to get that back. I they they? Do because I'd love to, even, even if I can't go to a football game, even though U of I is probably still terrible, I don't know. I like basketball but a little bit more. I would still like to watch a football game or when we're harvesting here in a month or so, listening to the game in the combine. I love doing that. Love listening to it. So I was going to say, we could just bring Jen's truck over and tailgate in your yard and get the same okay. experience. <laughs> Sounds like fun to me. <laughs> Actually, I need, we cut down a stump or cut down a tree um, last week and the stump's still there and it's so dry they say just have a bonfire in your front yard I'm like I'm game bring the beer and let's go let's go <laughs> so so our, dry we have had we've had our fair share of rain here how's everybody else no we're dry we need rain we it's got rain. an inch two days ago but I saw the drought monitor the other day prior to this in Iowa like 97 percent of Iowa was in a drought and you can tell when you drive across it. We got um, two tenths. The, when you got an inch, we only got two tenths of rain and barely, uh, and barely did anything. And I was digging some corn plants up near you two weeks ago. And it, it took two of us and a shovel and one pulling up the corn plants to get them out of the ground for class. 
So, yeah. yep. Yeah. I know we drove across Iowa, and you can see. I mean, it's not dead spots in the field where it's the poorest soil. I mean, the whole field is dead. You know, this corn crop wants out of 2020 as much as the rest of us do. Mm. <laughs> I, I gauge ours on how often I mow the grass and damn I'm mowing the grass every three days now still all summer it's been that way uh, see June we didn't mow it it was we had less than an inch in all of June and then we got like seven inches in the beginning of July wow I don't know of course we've had no Doritos around here so <laughs> Doritos derecho Derechos. Wow. What, what did it look like when you drove through there? Oh, it was, it would make you ill. So the derecho went through, across to Iowa and it was basically 60 to 100 mile winds and it went, I believe, like 700 miles. I think it was 30 miles wide. Um, the corn, it didn't just lay it over because normally when corn lays over, it'll come back up, but the derecho stripped all the leaves off the corn. So hmm. it had nothing to give it energy to stand back up. And then last week they had 90 plus degree temperatures and you have wet down, you know, you, well, they didn't, first of all, they didn't have a lot of rain in the derecho. They only got like four to six tenths. But, you know, that, that corn basically steamed on the ground last week. And so it just, I mean, the quality is going to be terrible. They're not going to be able to get it up. Um, luckily, a lot of the adjusting companies are allowing them just to disc it under. But, um, you know, it just, I, it's going to be hard to harvest. It's going to be hard on their machines because they're going to pick up a lot of dirt and then that corn is just not going to store. Well, can you imagine, I was talking to my uncle like just right after this happened and they have family friends right in the middle of where that happened. He goes, we're not going to have a harvest at all. Can you imagine like everyone else is looking forward to harvest, talking about harvest and they're here, uh, nope, no harvest for me. Like that's got to, that's got to tear at you a lot. But they do get to disc it under. And the only good thing is they don't have to keep spending money on it. You know, they don't have to spend money on the harvesting equipment, you know, even just the, the tear, wear and tear. Mm -hmm. They're not going to have to dry it because it, it was not um, at a moisture in which you would want to harvest it. And so, I mean, there's some pros and cons, yeah. but the sad part is they really had a good crop going initially this year. And just to see all that potential go out the window kind of makes you ill. But yeah, it's just seeing the corn still laid over. It just, and in such a wide path. So we went north of Iowa City and then across Route 30 and then up 35 and across 20. So up 35 is kind of where it started. And 20 actually is one of the worst drought areas. So that corn was standing, but all of the, you know, all of the, corn ears the shanks are all drooping and so I mean it's done it's not what about the soybeans well soybeans are still standing um I only saw one field that apparently had some hail on it but um they're obviously lower to the ground right, right. and with soybeans you just never know I mean I would never attempt to estimate soybean yields because soybeans will make a fool out of you no matter which direction they go so you know, you can guess soybeans and you'll either be plus or minus 50 bushels, so. Yep. But they were standing and they were green, so. But that doesn't mean, you know, green right, soybeans yeah. doesn't exactly equate so to yield either, so. Right. But the only way to estimate soybean yields is to actually combine them. <laughs> 
You know, I ask people, I'm like, do you like to combine corn or soybeans more? And they always say corn and I always say soybeans. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, I like corn, but I think soybeans, I can get, a, get away with multitask. No, that's not it. I don't know why. I don't know. I just do. Farmers in general don't like soybeans. <laughs> well, honestly, that's though, probably part of it. I think I was, um, I think from all the down corn we had last harvest, from going out and clearing the head, that got annoying real quick. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I like doing it all. I love harvest. I love fall. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite amazing because I went to Des Moines um, a couple weeks ago for the Iowa State Fair Special Edition with Walton to do some videography. So we didn't go the same route you did, but we, I mean, we went south of it and there were still pockets. There wasn't completely, obviously down fields, but there was pockets of uh, corn down and um, I can't. We were on our way to South Dakota. So we purposely yeah. took that pathway to check it all out. Yes. But you know, the other story is too, and I, this is something that they don't talk about. There was a lot of storage that was lost mm -hmm. and th that yeah. storage that was lost was empty. So I'm not sure who's storing this huge surplus, but it's not central Iowa. <laughs> huh. Yeah, because, yeah, all the, I, I thought that was interesting, too. All the bins that came down were empty bins. Yep. You didn't, they didn't lose bins that had any amount, or full, definitely no bins that If were they were full. full, they generally only took the top off if they did anything. Yeah. But, yeah, but, I mean, we had one guy who lost seven bins. And seven? So, seven, yeah. Wow. And so... I mean, he was trying to figure out how much crop he had left because he does have a really good relationship with his bin guy. And the bin guy said he would get him what he could, but he didn't want to ask for more bins than he really needed. You know, if he only needed two, he only wanted to ask for two. So, right. Yeah. Those, that, that's the thing is fixing these, getting companies to fix these bins is going to be, I mean, we've got three, how many major bin companies do we have? Do you think? And the problem is they can't get the materials. The material, oh, well, the materials and just the time to get everywhere. Enough crews, you don't, you don't employ enough crews to build this many bins in a short period of time because it's just never needed. Yeah, and at this point, you know, it had kind of, kind of slowed down with the, with the farm economy. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I know, I know one guy. He had a, he was waiting to get a new part, and it wasn't coming till October, but you know, the corn crop is dying and it's going to be ready to go well before he's going to get his setup back in working order. So, yeah. So, and it's not just the farmers that lost bins. I mean, there were several major co-ops that lost a lot of storage also. Some of them lost three out of four locations. So. Wow. It's going to have a ripple effect for sure. I mean, it's not, it, and um, so I don't know. Um, I know seed corn harvest has started. Has anybody else started anything? Um, I think in Nebraska, they had started some regular corn. Okay. I was talking to a family friend yesterday that works at the local grain elevator and they tested some corn. It was 33. I was reading Illinois Farm Bureau's morning news this morning and they have some farmers that say they could start as early as next week. That's not in our area. I'm not sure. I can't remember where that was, but. I was say some of them, they'll start combining at 28%. So 33 is not that far away. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. But I tell you what, I think it's going to be different this year. We, 
we dried corn and it was still hard to store this year. I mean, we had some that, you know, was going out of condition faster than we really expected and not to brag on him, but Chris is a really good, he's really good at managing the corn when it comes in and drying it. And um, we stored it at the Very right, you know, yeah, we know that. <laughs> we stored it at the right temperature you know we keep a good eye on him. I mean, he's he's very on it and um we had um, it just went out of condition faster than than you could and we don't even know why i mean i i don't know whether there was more humidity in the air this year and i'm pulling shit out of my ass because i really don't know but i do know that we did have a couple of bins go out of condition when they were when it was put up right so mm -hmm. I just know around here it still just looks kind of green to me. I mean, it's firing up. It's looking good. But I still think, at least in my area, we're at least two weeks out. When I drove up your way, there were some soybeans that were turning yesterday. Yeah. Yep, and they have – I've noticed that, especially within the last past couple of days. I made the comment two weeks ago that some of the corn was firing up, but we haven't had rain. So yeah. – I mean, yeah, it's not so much maturing this year as it's just dying and giving up yeah which is never a good sign yeah so. I saw one field yesterday I was shocked at how far along it was um corn uh one field I can't believe seemed like it turned within I went down to Marietta and drove back like eight hours later and I'm like I think that field changed you know just in that eight hours we have beans turning um but I think we're well, we have a wedding in two weeks, so I pray we're three to four weeks off. <laughs> but I think I don't. We're not looking at. I'm. What is this going to choose? Harvester wedding. Harvester wedding. Yeah. No. And this year, that's not going to be a problem for us. All my weddings got canceled. So. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Well, Jen would be the mother of the bride, so. Yeah, I would. Um, and yes, we're still having the wedding, even through the Rona. Um, she's like, I just want to get married and get it over with, Mom. And I'm like, okay. So we sent out a little card that said, we understand if you don't want to come, but we're getting married anyway. So no, I have news headline is going to be outbreak, COVID outbreak at Central <laughs> Indiana wedding hosted by farmers. You know, there was, that's, um, several weeks ago. Well, it was the week after school started around here. Um, there was a wedding close to here in a County that had like over 500 people attend. It, it shut, it shut a County school system down because wow. so many people were at the wedding that someone at the wedding in the wedding party had tested positive. So then the contact tracing, is that what they're calling it? Mm -hmm. it, it literally shut shut a county school down. Was it indoors or outdoor wedding? So it was a, um, it was raining the day of the wedding and it was at the county fairgrounds. So it, it, it so it was indoors. Now ours is outdoors in a barn in the tent. So we're crossing our fingers that yeah. that will, uh, the ventilation should be much better for you. Yeah. And it's quite a bit smaller. I mean, they had over 500 people. We've got like 250. So so hopefully we don't shut any school systems down. I was talking to a friend this morning. They were, they're remote learning already. She said they lasted a week and a half. One of the high schoolers tested positive and her dad was, you know, an administrator and her mom was a teacher. And so it shut all three schools down in their district. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I'm worried about here. I mean, some families do have like kids in both the K through four, the middle school and the high school. So if the wrong family gets hit, everything could be shut down too. That's my biggest thing. Like my sister works for a school district and they had a teacher in the high school get COVID, but they didn't shut the school down. They made the proper safety precautions and things like that. And they're still trucking along. Um, but it's, it's so hard because I've been told like, you know, as simple as someone could say, I have a headache and they get sent home, you know, like, and then they have to quarantine for 10 days. Every high schooler would be like, oh, I don't feel well. Right, exactly. So it's it's so hard to tell. So we had, so the, I believe the state came out with new um, restrictions or, or actually they, they let up on restrictions a little bit. It used to be, you know, don't come to school if you have a headache or blah, blah, blah. They gave up some of that. Oh, you used to have to, I'm not sure if they changed this or not, but if your kid missed a day of school with nothing to do with the Rona, you had to either have a note from the doctor that you tested negative or you had to quarantine for 14 days. Even if it didn't, you couldn't come back to school. What if, what if your kid just, I don't know, throw it's hot outside. You have some kids that are like, you know, just heat exhaustion, maybe, you yeah. know, and you they're going to go throw up. And then you have to pay. And, and my big thing was if you have, uh, we have a lot of families like us who have self-employed health insurance, those tests are not cheap either. Or to call the doctor and say, I need a doctor's excuse you know, they're going to say, well, you need to come in for an appointment and we need to prove. And, and I'm just like positive in our school district, they couldn't go back to school until the County health department gave them a note to go back. Right. How long would that take? Yeah. And, um, we also had kids We're our high school is doing hybrid. So I forget a through something K goes Monday, Tuesday, everybody is online Wednesday while they clean the school then the rest of the alphabet goes Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. But I guess they started out with um, kids. I don't know whether kids just were taking advantage of the system or didn't understand it, but they had kids go, oh yeah, I'm not coming in today. I'm just going to do online. Well, that screws everything up. It wasn't, theirs wasn't, you can go all online or you can go all hybrid. You can't pick and choose each day. They had so many kids picking and choosing which day they just wanted and felt like coming to school. Nah, I'll just do online today. Uh, see, we but, could do remote learning, but you had to commit to do it for the entire semester. And that's, and that's what ours was too. But kids were trying to take advantage of it or didn't understand it. They were like, no, nah, today I'm doing online. I'm not coming in. Uh, and see, our online is by a third party company. It's not by the actual school. Oh, I don't, I guess I'm, I'm just so glad I'm not a student <laughs> or a mom. <laughs> I'm enjoying this a little bit. Like I, I'll be honest, my kid's a senior. He's pretty much on autopilot. I couldn't do what Karen's doing and I couldn't do it if I had, if I had all three kids in elementary school, they are going full time. I might've, but at one point in time, I had a kid in elementary school, a kid in the intermediate school and a kid in the high school I it would have been a full-time job to to coordinate all that yeah well I'm glad that I don't have high school math students <laughs> I mean my kids are first grade in kindergarten and I hope I would be capable of helping them but I, you know I have a full-time job plus I teach on the side you know I I didn't homeschool or remote learn because I just 
don't have the time to dedicate to them in order to do it properly. I don't feel like, and this is personal, I don't feel like I have the background or the education or the smarts to, to educate my own kids. So sorry for my future children because I'm not good at math and hopefully their dad is. I don't think I have the discipline to do that every day, you know. I don't either. Like, I'd be like, okay, nap time. I mean, those who homeschool, I mean, that's a full-time job. I mean, let's call them a teacher because, I mean, that, and actually they teach more than one grade, so. Yep. I mean, I just, I don't think I could do it well. (laughs) Can I also mention real quick, dealing with this whole pandemic and agriculture, in my area right now, the ragweed pollen count is through the roof. So I'm like sneezing. And when harvest comes around, I'm going to be double sneezing. Oh, especially, especially in the dry area. Yeah. Especially if it's dry, especially if I'm doing soybeans. I always come down with a horrible sore throat and everything like that. So let's all say a prayer for us who get really bad allergies and are going to be getting death stares from other You're people. You're going to be shunned, shunned from the community. Yeah, I am. I'm going to be going to the grocery store, like sneezing all over the place. I bet you they're going to escort me out or something. Then you need to make her a shirt that says, I'm not contagious. It's just allergies. Yeah. I want one. I want one that says, um, if I cough, it's because I'm talented enough to choke on my own spit. I don't have Dorona. <laughs> Speaking of t-shirts, are you still doing t-shirts, Jen? I am. Um, working on the girls talk. I have lots of t-shirts, so visit farmwifefeeds.com. Um, but I am working on the girls talk ag and my sticker delivery just came. So we're going to have girls talk ag stickers. And I guess I can throw it out there. If anybody is interested in the hot mess in ag or the hot mess mom in ag, we can roll those out too. Um, yep. For sure. So if you're interested, let us know. Shoot me a message. Shoot us a message. I need uh, to get one of those crop life ear tag keychains with the little corn on them. Yes, I have those too. Ooh. Those I'm gonna I'm waiting on my horses. I had so many people want horses for the livestock. So I'm um waiting on my uh farm boy in Kansas to get me some uh 3D printed horses. They should be coming this week. And you have some really cool egg cookie cutters too. I do. I have the livestock cookie cutters. I have the show pig, the show calf, the show goat, and the show lamb. And then we also have the um, corn and soybean ones. What's the website again? Uh, Farmwifefeeds.com. Got it. So head there to get all your gear. We are, I'm working on, uh, I'm so excited. I'm working on some harvest ones for kids too. Um, It's going to say, I'm here to combine and eat snacks, and I'm all out of snacks. Um, that's me anyways, being the combine driver. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that needs to be a kid one. I think that could go everywhere. <laughs> that could be everywhere. I'm here to operate the grain cart, and I'm out of snacks. Um, or actually, bring me more snacks, and you can operate the grain cart. Um, <laughs> and then um, holiday. I'm so excited. I'm finally getting my Let's Bake Shit shirt for holiday cooking. So Nice. Well, before you know it, the winter will be here. I just can't believe I said that out loud, but summer flew by. We're, I had to ask. Um, we just ended spring break like three weeks ago. I know. And I, I had, I, this is embarrassing, very embarrassing. I can't believe I'm telling to the world. I had to ask Alexa this morning when the first day of fall is. I did not. Is it the 21st or 22nd? 
I think she said 20, uh, she either said the 21st or the 22nd, but let me I can never remember which it is. I'm pretty sure that spring is March 21st, so I think fall is September 22nd. Well, well, Siri on Apple is dumb because she's not even telling me. (laughs) So now I really don't know. It's either one or two or the other, but uh, for the life of me, I'm like, it starts in September, not October, right? And I just, High temperatures, I think it kind of is coming next week. <laughs> well, they said the meteorolo- meteorological, meteor, meteor, I don't know. The meteorologist fall started September 1st, whatever that means. So uh, It didn't here because we laid straw blankets the other day and it must have been 110 with 110% humidity. Oh, let me tell you, North Dakota, Minnesota, and South Dakota were quite hot until my last day. And the mosquitoes in South Dakota and Minnesota are the size of horses, I swear. What is up? I was eating alive putting those straw blankets down. I mean, my whole arm, my whole right arm is covered in mosquito bites still. Be careful because last week I had a bug bite on my neck and I got hives. I had an allergic reaction to a bite mm. all last week. So wear your bug spray. I'm going oh. to. I didn't realize it was going to be so bad. Well, and I also have pumpkins that are ready to be harvested. I'm pretty sure I'm going to start a commercial pumpkin farm next year because I think I'm a Seriously? I literally thought I laid down like five seeds and my whole backyard is covered in vines. I can't even really mow back there. And I have white pumpkins, little pumpkins, I'll have gourds. I planted uh, mine too early. Oh, wait, you got all that? I need some of those for class next week. Yeah, stop by. <laughs> I don't know. The gourds, are, the gourds aren't really ready yet. The white pumpkins are. The other ones aren't. But I, I had no idea that I was going to have such a harvest of pumpkins, so... I think pumpkins so take on a life core, of their own. Like, be a one-stop shop. Yeah, I don't even water them. I go if they if they die out, they die out. I'm just gonna let them do do their thing and just hope for the best. So, all right, gals. I guess I got to get back to work now. So, yeah, me too. I'm going to lunch. Thursday's oh. my Friday, so I gotta get stuff done. So, all right. And- so, if anybody has any subjects, let's shoot them towards us because yeah. we're gonna yep. we're trying to stick to a schedule we're doing pretty good thanks to mom kelsey so she's the handler i know <laughs> right <laughs> i try i try she, she doesn't make enough money but <laughs> she doesn't make i have to turn down my first client ever today because my workload's too much i guess that's a good problem to have but i felt wow. bad yeah, so. that is a good problem to have good problem but i felt bad yeah but you got you got to know when to say no. So yes, you do. So, all, all right, right, ladies. I Have will. A good and for those of you starting harvest, be safe. Yep, be safe. Yes, be very safe. Have a good Thanks Labor for, Day. Thanks for listening, yeah. tuning in. Yep. See you guys later. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next time for another episode of Girls Talk Ag. And if you can't wait until then, connect with us on Twitter.